Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. National championship in the College World Series tomorrow night on ESPN. 7 p.m. Eastern starts the three-game series between Florida and LSU. Go Gators. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things bundled today at Progressive.com. But College World Series is not... What Joe Fortenbaugh has been tuned into, he has been tuned into all of the offseason action in the NBA. And it has been an active NBA offseason as we headed into the draft last night. One of the big pieces that was on the move right before the draft was the Washington Wizards sending Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors in return for Jordan Poole and some draft picks. What was your initial reaction when you heard CP3 was headed to Golden State? Because you and I got the state right We didn't get the city right. We both thought he was headed to California. We didn't so much see Northern California coming. Big surprise, because anyone who's followed the Warriors going back knows that CP3's Clippers and Steph Curry's Warriors, that was a big rivalry. So the idea of these two teaming up is very odd to anyone who lived through that eight, nine, ten years ago, whatever it was. So to see them on the same team is going to take some getting used to. Also surprising, because I didn't think that's what the Warriors were interested in, but it makes a lot of sense for a few reasons. Number one, you get out from underneath the Jordan Poole contract. It's clear they soured on him, and if you're going to bring back Draymond Green, you're probably going to want to get rid of Jordan Poole because there was an issue between the two that dates back to the beginning of the season when Draymond was on video knocking out Jordan Poole. So, yeah, but the thing I can't get over is, I mean, what's he going to contribute? Like, how much are you going to get out of him? What is he going to do to put you over the top? It's clearly a win-now sort of move, but the Warriors play fast. Nine years under Steve Kerr, they have ranked in the top five in pace, which is a metric that measures how many possessions you have per game. The more possessions you have, the more shots you take. The more shots you take, the more points you score. They've been top five in pace in six of those nine years under Steve Kerr. Okay, They were number one in pace last season. That's not how Chris Paul plays. He plays extraordinarily slow. He likes to roll the ball up the court, set up the offense, call out a play, tell everyone where to go, and then execute the play. He's very good at that, but it's counterproductive to what the Warriors like to do. So I guess it helps the non-Steph Curry minutes with him coming off the bench, but it's not the type of move that puts you over the top. I was really shocked by this. and I I didn't live through those years to the same vantage point that you did because you were there in in that golden state area for so long and and so that rivalry i knew existed of course but i'm sure for those who were actually there in los angeles and there in the golden state era like seeing those guys come together is going to be unbelievably jarring but i was surprised from a basketball perspective i don't fully get this this wasn't a need that i felt like golden state needed to address in this manner and yet here we are now with CP3 joining the Warriors also from the CP3 perspective and I don't know what kind of offers were out there I, I mean we thought he was going to be in California but we thought 
the Clippers or the Lakers. The Lakers make more sense to me than Golden State, but I also wasn't sure that I saw CP3 succumbing to this role of just coming off the bench and just being a backup when Steph Curry's on it. I, I, I guess he must be completely fine or he wouldn't be in Golden State. He must be completely fine with that being where his career is. And also, I guess he must have felt like maybe on the West Coast, in terms of the teams that were willing to have discussions with him, Golden State gives him the best opportunity to win a championship. A lot of people feel like that window's closed, but maybe Chris Paul feels otherwise. I mean, in the NBA, you can probably take 10 teams right off the top and just eliminate them from contention. So who's left and what teams actually have a need for your services? This was probably, and we've seen this before from the Warriors, this was probably more about getting rid of Jordan Poole than it was about what they brought in. What they brought in is the headline, but it was more about who they wanted to dump. They did this back in the day with uh, D'Angelo Russell. So Andrew Wiggins turned out to be a really nice piece for the Warriors, but they just needed to get away from D'Angelo Russell as fast as possible. That contract wasn't going to work. He wasn't going to work in their system. Nothing about it was happening. The best they could figure out was a deal with Minnesota where they were going to take on Andrew Wiggins' contract because his time in Minnesota had been a disaster. And they figure, look, we're going to be paying one of these two guys a lot of money. Maybe we can at least get Wiggins to buy in and play a role on this team, which he did quite well. I mean, for what he's paid, it's probably not commiserate with what he produces, but you're at least getting something out of him, and he plays a strong role, and he's worked well for that team. Russell didn't fit at all. So a lot of times in the NBA, when it comes to these terrible guaranteed contracts, it's more about what you're getting rid of than what you're bringing in. And while we focus on CP3 to the Warriors, the key was Golden State getting out from the Jordan Poole contract. Getting out of the contract that they just handed him. Yeah. The four-year, $140 million extension that they just handed him before last season. And the reason they handed him that was because he was pivotal in them winning a championship. And frankly, I don't know how a punch in the face changes that. I do seem to have this discomfort with the fact that the dude who did the punching is the priority for that team. And I understand it's Draymond and I understand the relationship there. And I understand Draymond's been pivotal to far more championships than Jordan Poole was for the Golden State Warriors. There's still something uncomfortable for me about that. The fact that you get punched and because you get punched, somehow your whole career is now going down the toilet, which is what it feels like for Jordan Poole, what it feels like with him getting shipped off to Washington. I don't feel like any of it, anything that has happened since Draymond connected with Jordan Poole's face, I don't feel like any of it is fair to Jordan Poole. I mean, number one, it's a business. It's all about results. Draymond delivers results. Jordan Poole didn't. Number two, Jordan Poole was given a lot of opportunities in the playoffs to contribute anything, and he couldn't. He was completely ineffective. He was a waste of space out there on the floor. They needed people to step in and buy them a few minutes here and there while Steph Curry got some much-needed rest. That's Jordan Poole's primary responsibility. It's why he was getting $30-plus million a year, and he was completely incapable of doing it. And when they went on the road, oh, my God, it was a completely different story. It was even worse. He couldn't knock down a shot. He couldn't play defense, pouting, moping, all that stuff. To the point where at the end of the Lakers series, Steve Kerr wasn't even playing him anymore. If you're a young guy on a rookie deal, they can try to work with you on that. They can try to develop you. Maybe you're going through some growing pains, but Poole's been around long enough that he has to contribute. They weren't asking him to be a star. He just had to contribute and not be a net negative, and that's ultimately what he was. So between the contract and the inability to produce, they, were, they had to get out from under it. 
I got to be honest, if somebody here at ESPN punches me in the face, I'm probably going to be pouting and negative if ESPN prioritizes them for the for the remainder. Well, it's of like who punch, well, give me your season. power rankings of who you'd want to punch you in the face and who who would well, no, punch you in the face. There's some people I would Cuz there's some to... really famous people at this company if they punch yeah. you, those people are probably still yeah, in like their if spot. Greeny or Stephen A punches me. Uh, it's, they're probably safe. <laughs> yeah. You're out the door. They'll find a, they'll find a reason. I mean, the woman angle might be very difficult for them, though, to be honest. I'm not the one that suggested Stephen A. or Greeny would punch you. You did. Now, when they I hear about not. this, I'm I'd imagine they're not going to be back. they're not going to like it. I'm walking all of this back. Uh, go ahead, text your close personal friend, Stephen A. Smith. No, I don't. Tell I don't want to put him I'm in the middle of this. He and I are close. I'm not going to put him down like this. Coming Greeny, up next geez. here on Joe and Amber. Nobody's punching me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Bad day for that person if they try it. Who's going to win the NBA Rookie of the Year award next season? We'll argue to the death. Jury duty coming up. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The NBA draft is over. Wemby went number one. We all knew that was coming for years. Brandon Miller. Scoot Henderson. The Twins after that. Not a ton of surprises by any means in this draft. It all kind of went according to plan, but a talent-packed draft. So the question now is, who is going to win the Rookie of the Year award? It's never too soon to look ahead. Let's not even wait 24 full hours for these guys to settle into their teams and figure out where they're living and tell their families where they're going. Let's not wait for any of that. Let's go straight to who's winning the Rookie of the Year. And to do that, we're going to play some jury duty. All right. It's time to state your case. Welcome to jury duty. This is jury duty with Joe and Amber. Jury Duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. This is where me and Joe Fortenbaugh argue to the death. Or just until actually 
James Steele decides who's right, and he rules in one of our favors, and it's normally Joe. Bada bing, bada boom. That's how this thing works. Hello, James. Your honorable James Steele. Yeah, I didn't like how you said that. Okay, so the question today... (laughs) She didn't even say anything mean today. She normally does. It was the inflection. Uh, Inflection. All right, so our question today, uh, off of last night's NBA draft, who's going to win the NBA Rookie of the Year Award next season? Uh, I will give the floor to you first, Joe Fortenbaugh. Thank you, Mr. Steele. I will make this quick. Victor Wembanyama is your favorite to win Rookie of the Year at minus 225. That's odds on. It means you have to risk $225 to win 100. I would not play him. I would play Brandon Miller, the number two overall pick to the Charlotte Hornets. He is plus 950. $100 wager returns $950. Here's why. Under the new collective bargaining agreement, there are new rules for all the major awards. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, as well as the All-NBA teams. All-NBA first team, second team, third team. What the new rule states is that you have to play a minimum of 65 games to be eligible for the award. And you can't fake it. You've got to play at least 20 minutes in 65 games. So go back two years ago. LaMelo Ball won Rookie of the Year playing only 51 games. He would not be eligible under the new rules. And when I look at Wembenyana at seven foot five on a Spurs franchise that isn't going anywhere in year one, what's the point of playing him 80-some games, right? Teach him how to be a pro, manage the body. You don't want to break him down. So I don't know if Wembenyana is going to get the 65 games. And at a price of minus 225, I would never want to lay that. That said, I would want to take longer odds. I'd be more than willing to roll the dice on someone at longer odds because of the 65-game threshold. Give me Brandon Miller, the number two overall pick, to Charlotte. He's a big wing. He can score. He can play defense. He's alongside LaMelo Ball, so he's not the primary scoring option. He won't be drawing all these double teams. That would be my pick for Rookie of the Year. All right, the floor is yours now, Amber. Settle in. Here comes four minutes. It really doesn't make sense, by the way, that people thought Scoot Henderson was going there. That made no sense when Brandon, when they have LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, obviously the perfect fit alongside him. But speaking of big wings, the rookie of the year is going to be the guy that everybody expects. Of course, I am talking about Hame Haquez Jr., who was drafted 18th oh my God, by the Miami Heat. I think it is. Jaime Haquez. Jaime. Jaime Haquez. Jaime. 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 Yes, I think Jaime. you're right. Jaime. Jaime. Uh, yeah, it looks thank like you. Jamie. Jaime Haquez Jr. I'll learn his so name, I, just, I promise. The point is, so the dude... Now? The Miami Heat (laughs) drafted at 18th. Excellent mid-range shooter. Low maintenance wing. He's got great size and strength for that wing position. Excellent footwork. Incredible passing vision. These are some of the things that describe this player. But here's what's important. He was asked before the draft who his favorite player was to watch in the NBA. He said Jimmy Butler. He compared himself to Jimmy Butler in terms of on the court, he's a very scrappy player, he's ultra competitive, but also off the court, he's got the same work ethic, apparently. This dude loves to work. Heat culture, anybody? He's Latino, he's going to fit right in in the Miami area. 
Also, he is NBA ready. And this is why I'm taking him for rookie of the year. Not just because I'm a homer, but also because this dude played four years for the Bruins. He comes in at 22 years old. The whole point of drafting this kid is for him to have an immediate impact on a win now championship team. He will be on that court. He will get the playing time. And we've seen what the Heat have done with undrafted players. Imagine what they're going to do with a first rounder. I rest my case. Okay, that's it. All right. I would like to just do real quick. That's nice. She kept it tight. Yeah, that normally does not happen. It's true. All right, is that it? Yeah. That's it. I love, I love how neither of us chose to win Vignana. Yeah, well, uh, so Joe wins, obviously, because whatever you're doing <laughs> here is reasonable insane. Case. <laughs> it is. That is insane. Well, I don't know what we're doing here. This is crazy. Joe wins. I don't even have to have a reason why. Joe wins. Uh, you didn't deliberate. Yeah, I didn't need to. Uh, <laughs> as soon as you said the guy's name wrong, apparently, uh, I think it was over for you. So, How did you uh, pronounce that? Jaime. Jaime. Jaime, right? It's hi- hey, Jaime. Why don't you just say Jamie like it's spelled? J-A-I-M-E. At it least is. get it's it wrong Jamie. based it's on the Jamie. way it's spelled. It's Jamie. Well, it's Jamie Jacquez, if you want to just go with the spelling, but that's that not how you say is, the man's name. But he's, that's he's a Mexican American. But that's at least understandable. What you said was was all over the place. Hame, Jaime. Hame. I'm really, I'm trying to, I'm getting to know him. Okay? He's actually pretty awesome. He was I've really just had good. Him for 24 hours. Okay? He was really good at UCLA. He was a ton of fun to watch. I think his sister is a big time college basketball player as well. Basketball family leader, two way player. I mean, you know what the knock is. And this is what sucks. He's like 22 or 23, and that's right. considered too old. Like, they want prospects. They want 18- and 19-year-old kids. So when a 22- or 23-year-old kid comes out, it's seen as a negative. But Wait. he can play, man. He can play. Wait. Now, he's 100-1 to 1 to win Rookie of the Year. There's literally no one with longer odds than Jaime Jaquez. He's tied to some guys. I should put some, some money guys. on that. <laughs> well, like I mean, yeah. Make the, money. <laughs> the last Am thing I you right? want to do is make that case and then watch him win, and you have no money on it. What's Wemby's odds? Uh, Wemby's minus two twenty five, which means you're risking two twenty five to win a hundred. With Hawkes, you're time. you know you're laying a hundred to win how many thousands? Yeah, getting paid yeah, on that see? one. That's, that sounds a lot more fun to me. Uh, he, also, a lot yeah, less likely. You know, it's funny because he's twenty two. Like you said, that that can be a knock on him for the Heat, though. That's obviously why they draft him because they could have drafted that kid that went to Houston at eighteen, the kid that was a top five on most people's draft boards. And the Heat were one of those teams that passed on him. They had that eighteenth pick. They pass on him. They take this guy out of UCLA over him. I think it's because the Heat don't need a project. Like the Heat were looking for a dude who's twenty two years old who played four years of college basketball who can come in and immediately contribute, which is what everybody says about this guy. The knock against this guy is that he's not a good perimeter shooter, so he will have to work on that shooting from the outside. But, well, I mean, heat culture will probably just get him to the next level. Well, of course. That was my whole argument. Heat culture. That's all I really needed to say. I could have honestly, I could have just said, may it please the court, heat culture, I rest my case. And, and, it, and it James would have had court, to, no. eh, I think James would have had to rule in my favor at that hey, point. It's how about this, argument. though? Real quick, what do you think of that 65-game rule? A lot of players think that's crap, that Kevin Durant doesn't like it at all. 
Why? Well, I mean, why? Well, for certainly it doesn't affect his. Well, say you play, anymore, say you play sixty-four it, games. It feels fair. S- say you battle an injury, but you play sixty-four games and you have a really great season. You can't get on the All NBA third team. You can't win Defensive Player yeah, of the that's Year. That's true. That's a little extreme. Why? I wonder why they implemented that. Because they want to kill load management. They want guys not playing. load managing your rookies. Like that's not where the problem with load management is. I know, but it's you can't create a gray area where it's like different for everybody. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. I suppose I, it feels like to me that a gray area could easily exist. You don't need to punish rookies when they're certainly not going to be dealing with load management anyways. Coming up next, we will finally talk about Damian Lillard. Is he going to the Miami Heat? Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Apparently, Damian Lillard thinks so as well. Because on his Instagram Live, he goes live with this song. Welcome to Miami. Will Smith's Miami. In the background of his Instagram live, there is 0.0 chance that you don't know exactly what you're doing if you're Damian Lillard. Zero chance. He's clearly at a party or in some sort of club or whatever. It's not like he's at his house playing it, but you know exactly. When you are pulling up Instagram live in that moment with this song playing, you know exactly what you're doing, even if he's just trolling us. I know. And that's messing the thing. With us all. Like what? On one hand, you want to say to yourself, some of these guys are very self-aware that every little move they make on social is going to be interpreted and talked about. And, you know, to some extent, you probably like being talked about. Like, if you unfollow somebody, like, when you unfollow the team, oh, my God, it's going to lead first take. It's going to lead Sports Center. We're going to be talking about it. And then at the same time, you know, if you're being serious, obviously we're talking about it. So I don't know what he's doing here. But if you're a Portland Trailblazer fan, you can't like that one bit. And they love Dame Lillard. Why would yeah, he, if he's trolling, why would he do that to his own fans? Right. That's the problem is the trolling that it's funny for, for the rest of us. And I would imagine 
that there's an attraction to doing that. Like if you had that level of power, right, where you just unfollow somebody and everyone's going to talk about, they're going to notice and they're going to like, you'd be so tempted to just randomly unfollow, you know, just get the world talking, right? If you had that level of power, I can understand it from that perspective. It's probably funny. Also, if you're Damian Lillard, what's not funny, though, is if you're a Portland Trailblazer fan and you don't know if you're going to have the guy who has been the face of your franchise for the last, what has it been, 13 years, something insane, that he has been there over a decade that he's been there in Portland. So maybe not so fun for them. Very fun for me as a Miami Heat fan. I want this all day, every day. Well, thank God. Before we get to the Damian Lillard story, let's let Joe Fortenbaugh give you some advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. UFC on ABC tomorrow afternoon. Good card. I highly recommend you check it out. Two bets here on one fight. Brandon Allen by submission plus 170 over Bruno Silva. And then Brandon Allen just to beat Bruno Silva. That's minus 200. Allen has 10 wins in the UFC. Six are by submission. Rear naked choke specialist. And let's be honest, who amongst us does not like a rear naked choke? Now, on the other side, Bruno Silva, eight losses spread out across his MMA career, whether it's UFC or another organization, another promotion. Of those eight losses, six have come by submission. So he's susceptible to a submission, and he's an underdog against a guy who's very good at submitting his opponents. Hence, we will bet that individual to win by submission. Pizza Money 2 and 3, Brandon Allen. By submission, plus 170, and just to win outright, minus 200 over Bruno Silva. With the third pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Scoot Henderson. You know, I'm blessed to go, go that high and I just continue to work. I just put my head down and work and control what I can. And, that, and that's how hard I work and that's me every day getting better in my body and my mind. Portland should make a trade or make trades to bring in veterans to help Dame. They have many tradable assets, but they need to make trades to help Dame win and keep Dame in Portland. So the Portland Trailblazers rejected all trade proposals, seeking that number three overall pick. They instead keep it for themselves. They drafted the six foot two point guard Scoot Henderson out of the G League. And what does that mean for the future of Damian Lillard? Because that is not the guy that you would have expected, Joe, for them to draft even if they were trying to build around Damian Lillard, which Damian Lillard at this point has made it very clear that he doesn't want to be part of a build, which makes sense because Damian Lillard's on the wrong side of 30. He's only got so many years left at the top of his game. He recognizes that. He's sort of in a win-now proposition just because of where he's at in his career and his age. And so he doesn't have time. Scoot Henderson might end up being the best player, even if you got a different position for him to build around. If you're bringing in an 18, 19-year-old teenager, any of these guys that were so young in this draft, Damian Lillard doesn't have four years for that guy to get great to then go chase championships. He needs players around him now. The way the Portland could have gotten players around him now would have maybe been to trade that number three overall pick. The fact that they were more committed to bringing in a guy who also wants the ball in his hands signals to a lot of people that Portland's not so committed anymore to Damian Lillard. I am a 76ers fan, and I almost, operative word almost, want to see Lillard win a title in Portland more than I want to see a title in Philadelphia. I love that dude. And I love the fact that he's been loyal to that organization. And I would love to see that loyalty get paid off. I really would. 
It's not a knock against the guys who test free agency, demand trades, and move all over the place. That's very interesting fodder for us here on TV, radio, and everywhere in between. It's interesting when Kevin Durant keeps jumping teams. It's interesting when Kyrie Irving burns a bridge somewhere and goes to another team. Like, those are interesting storylines. It's an interesting sport. It's an interesting association. But there's also the angle of the savvy vet who's been around a long time who's trying to break through with that franchise, the loyalty angle. We saw it with Giannis in Milwaukee. We've seen it in other places. Steph in Golden State. People forget about the early days of Steph in Golden State where they picked him over Monte Ellis, and a lot of people were very upset about that. Looking back, it's hilarious, but back then it was a completely different story. You know, Draymond Green came off the bench. The reason they figured out how good he was was because David Lee got hurt, so they put him in the starting lineup, and then Green never gave up the spot. Point being, Lillard's been there forever. There's some young guys there. Shaden Sharp's there. Anthony Simons is there. Now you've got Scoot Henderson. I would love to see something work in Portland for him. I really would. But again, you understand if he wants out and he doesn't want to be a part of this because if chasing a ring is that important, I don't think there's anyone in the NBA who's deserved or earned the opportunity to ask for a trade and move on than Damian Lillard. Also, it doesn't just feel like Dame wants out because we've been hearing in the days leading up to this draft that he doesn't, in fact, want out. It almost feels like Portland wants to move on from Dame. And not that they don't appreciate the best player, arguably, in their franchise's history, but just that they recognize they don't have enough. And they also recognize they have an opportunity here to reset and rebuild. And maybe they feel like they can do that around Scoot Henderson. Stephen A. Smith, he hosts a show called First Take. He was on his show today, First Take, and he said that drafting Scoot Henderson is the perfect way for this franchise to move on from Lillard. In the end, when you look at Portland, I'm looking at Lillard, Sharp, Anthony Simons. Let's not forget him. You're looking at some of these guys and I'm saying, okay, Henderson comes there. It's the perfect segue into the future and rebuilding, retooling, doing whatever you got to do. I know Portland's not finished, but the bottom line is I can't imagine what, if anything, there is that you can do that's going to make you a contender. And my position is when you're as great as Damian Lillard, there does come a point in time where you got to say enough's enough and I need to be in a better situation situation that's how most people feel most people are looking at what happened last night with them retaining that third overall pick and thinking this is the perfect way for Portland to go ahead and move Damian Lillard and get more opportunities to build around Scoot Henderson JJ Redick was on first take as well today alongside Stephen A. Smith ESPN's NBA analyst thinks otherwise he thinks that Damian Lillard and Scoot Henderson can both coexist in Portland defensively he's going to help the Blazers they were the third worst defense last year they put a priority out all the guys they drafted last night defensive minded players he's going to help there that's why I think he can play a little bit alongside Dame Dame can play a little bit off the ball again it's not a perfect fit but I do think they can coexist together and on the Blazers and the talk about getting Dame traded look the Blazers aren't done they have emphasized we believe we can build around Dame it's not too late Anthony Simons Nurkic those two guys come to mind if you can get back some valuable pieces maybe package those guys to together a pick whatever it may be a future pick maybe you can get a third guy to go along with scoot to go along with dame you bring back jeremy grant is that a championship team i still don't think it is but you're certainly moving towards the direction of being a top six team and being a playoff team 
I mean, it feels like nowhere near a championship team to me, Joe. And J.J. Reddick knows a heck of a lot more about basketball than, frankly, I ever will. But it feels like J.J. Reddick is just trying to formulate an argument for why the Portland Trailblazers can maintain Damian Lillard and Scoot Henderson together. Because from a basketball perspective, I don't get it. And from a direction of the franchise perspective, I don't get it. It can work. And, I mean, Reddick's a really smart guy. He's been around the game forever. So if there's someone who can figure out how to put those pieces together, he'd be one of those guys. It just doesn't feel like it. To your point, it doesn't feel like that's the direction you would go if you were looking to build around Lillard. Speaking of, and I'm going to do a little bit of an aside here, but speaking of guys loyal to their franchise, hoping they get paid off, I don't know if anyone's paying attention to what's happening in this Atlanta-Cincinnati baseball game right now. This Reds team is absolutely incredible. They've won 11 straight games. They were down 5 nothing in the top of the first against the best team in baseball. The Braves were putting it on them. They came back, but they were down 7-5. Now they're up 9-7. This game is in like, what inning is this game in? Like the fifth? This game is completely bonkers. Joey Votto has been in Cincinnati forever, and he's been going through this rebuild. He just came off the DL for the first time this season. He joined them like a week ago. And they are just going nuts on the field. Like, this team has the hottest young prospect in baseball in Ellie De La Cruz. So to try to merge the two worlds together, Votto's sticking it out, having a lot of success right now. If Lillard sticks it out in Portland, I hope it works out for him too. But if he's going to go anywhere, as long as it's not Miami, I'm all right with it. Well, listen, it might take until he's Joey Votto's age for it to work out. I mean, Votto's 39 years old. Does Damian Lillard want to wait until he's 39 for this thing to work out for him in Portland? And I don't know if the Reds are an actual championship team or if they're just on a really hot streak right now. And that's the risk you run if you're Damian Lillard. If you want an actual championship I don't know if Portland's going to be able to get it done for you. Baseball's all about the hottest team. The, the, the best team rarely wins in baseball. It always comes down to who is the hottest team at the right time. Right, but it ain't Hockey October. can be like that, too. And you're right. It's not October. This streak right now, it means very little. But if this team can maintain and then get hot in the postseason, they're a fun watch because Votto went yard and the entire ballpark is cooking right now. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we open up the phone lines to you. Do you think that the Portland Trailblazers should trade Damian Lillard? Does Damian Lillard want to be somewhere else? Anything that you want to weigh in on. Was I right that the 18th pick in this NBA draft is going to be the rookie of the year? Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lines are open to you here on Joe and Amber. This is your chance to join in, join the conversation, whatever your hottest takes are, reaction to the NBA draft, whatever you got. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you reach us. Before we get to your calls, though, Joe's got some advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
All right, the main event of UFC on ABC tomorrow afternoon. I believe the main card starts around 3 p.m. Eastern. Double-check that because I get my Pacific time zones mixed up with my Eastern time zones. The main event is Josh Emmett versus Ilya Toporia. All right, we're going to make a bet that this fight makes it to the second round. So the bet's essentially called fight will start in second round. It's minus 165. It's a little bit pricey, but I still think there's value in this situation. Emmett is all about the right hand. That's it. He's looking to land the right hand for the big knockout. That's dangerous in a situation like this, but everyone knows it, including Toporia. He's going to stay away at least early on. At the same time, Toporia's got some nice power as well, and Emmett's got to respect that. So what I think we're going to have in this five-round fight is a feeling-out period in the opening five-minute frame. Keep in mind that Toporia is a great wrestler, so if you're going to try to avoid the power from Josh Emmett, the best thing to do would be to get him on the ground so he can't pummel you with that right. So ultimately, that's where we are. Final pizza money of the night, Josh Emmett, Ilya Toporia makes it to the second round, minus 165. So I hear that there's some breaking news, Joe Fortenbaugh. Ooh. What's happening? I forgot to tell you guys this earlier. I'm going on a double date tonight, and the going out shirt is ready to go. Oh. I know everyone loves the going out shirt. It's hanging at home. It's been washed. It is ready. Oh. It's all set for me to go home and change into it. And I know you guys like it, so breaking news. Double date tonight, going out shirt in play. Who does the laundry in your household? Is that a shared experience? Is that something that you do? Does she wash this right, shirt of so, yours? So tell me what you think about this. This might be weird. I am responsible 100% for my laundry, and then she handles her and the kids. Is that well, rude no, of me? No, that's not. That's, I mean, well, yes, but no. I mean, I feel like that that's hey, well, is it yes or not no? so atypical, frankly. I feel like a lot of people probably. A lot of guys just do their own and leave the rest to the, yeah, okay. I mean, I could argue she's lucky you do your own because I end up doing pretty much all of the laundry in my yeah, house. Yeah, see, I figured it's not the worst case, right? It's not the absolute worst. It's definitely not the best, but I figured it's not the worst. You're like somewhere, like it's not total 1950s like it is in my household with the laundry. It's like more like with <laughs> 19 like 70s you know yeah like you know she's still got the kid responsibility she's still the primary parent there with the laundry but at least you have now taken the onus on yourself to do your own so the point is classic real quick it's still classic college in my house i use up every piece of clothing and then i go do laundry for like a full day it's it's like every i am out of everything by the time i do laundry she gets so pissed because when you have two little kids you're constantly doing loads of laundry throughout and like me needing everything for a full day of activity really jams up her plan i absolutely hate doing laundry i loathe doing laundry. it's not so much doing of the laundry it's the folding and the putting away of the the folding is brutal i loathe that so what I will do is I will fold it and then I leave it on top of like the dresser for my husband. Like my husband's responsibility is supposed to be, all right, now you put it in your drawers. And then he just oh, leaves wow. it there. And then it's just there. <laughs> and then it just stacks up over time. And then there's he just He doesn't even put it away? Fo- until I finally like lose it on him at some point, you know? And then it's like <laughs> at that point, why don't I just put it away? Because now yeah. it'd just be easier. I'd be creating less problems if I just put the darn stuff that's away. I think that's his whole plan. Tune in to a couple of interleague battles this weekend. First, on Saturday night, the Dodgers host the Astros. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Then on Sunday night, another battle between the Dodgers and the Astros. Coverage of Sunday night baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and 
ESPN to the ESPN app, and it's 7 p.m. on ESPN. I will say, though, that I do laundry like every single day, and I only have one kid, but I end up doing it so much. Also, we work out every day, and so there's just so many darn clothes all the time. The amount like of you water your household it, goes through with all the excessive showering and laundry. I showering, mean, good it's a, God. A lot, a lot of water for Maybe people. Maybe you should just take the clothes into the shower with you and kill <laughs> two idea. birds with one stone. That's actually a good point. Yeah. Because Great I idea. So yeah. I'm a problem solver here, guys. Let's like get that. to your phone calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's where we find Trey. Trey is in Florida. Hey, Trey, thanks for the phone call. What do you have for us tonight? All right, so I am a diehard Heat fan as well. I, I love my Miami Heat. My first, clearest, happiest memories are of Alonzo Mourning and those days. But I really think that everything that happened last night has set it up perfectly for Dame to leave Portland. He knows he's leaving them in good hands. They have a, a youngster that they can build around. And now he can come and be with his friend Bam and come to Miami and help us beat Denver, and him and Jimmy Buckets can win a ring together and go off into the sunset, into the Hall of Fame together. That is my dream. That is what I hope. Thanks for the call. I think you're speaking for a lot of Heat Nation. The problem here, though, Joe, is it, it does feel like it's all lining up. And Dame obviously made it clear that he would like going to Miami if he was going somewhere else. And it seems like the Portland Trailblazers are in a place where they're OK with the thought, maybe, maybe of moving on from Dame, despite what they keep saying. They keep saying that they're not going to move him. But it's not up to where Dame just wants to go. It's up to Portland getting the most bang for their buck because they're going to try to rebuild that in this scenario around Scoot Henderson if they go this direction. And there are teams that can make better offers than Miami. Like Brooklyn would probably be very interested in Damian Lillard. And man, do they have picks. Number one, this is not a local Miami sports talk radio show. So all of you Miami Heat fans can stop calling. Number two, and I'm just saying that I am just kidding to call all the time. Number two, I think Lillard has a lot of say NBA players have incredible amounts of say. I know the Blazers think they have power, but if Lillard just says, "Eh, I'm done and I want to go to Miami, what else can they do? Well, I, I, they can say you're under contract. He's got like four years left yeah, on his but we, deal. We see like, that Damian a lot. Lillard signed a monster deal. It's a very long deal. I know, but we see that a lot in the NBA. Like a lot of t- guys just stop playing and they demand out. Harden did that in Brooklyn. He's right. just like, I'm done. But that's that's the only way it works. Harden also did it in Houston. Before that, he went and got oh, yeah. fat, right? But it, you, I don't th- I don't see Damian Lillard as the player who's going to put on the fat suit to force his way out of his franchise because Damian Lillard doesn't even fully want out of his franchise. It's like this very weird situation because it almost feels more like Portland's ready to move on than maybe Dame is himself ready to move on. With how loyal Dame has been, I don't see that player out of all players forcing their hand and forcing his way out, but maybe they actually want him out because they feel like they need to rebuild. It'll be a different situation. Freddie and Fitzsimmons, we'd never force those guys out there next. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.